Good morning. Happy Sabbath. It's good to be home again. It's good to see all y'all. Looks like everybody's doing great. And, uh, so good to be here. And, uh, sometimes, you know, we have to make decisions to move away or do do different things, but it's good to be home and, and know that you're still our church family. <laughs> good to see you. Uh, uh, I'll start out... Uh, Giving you a, a quick testimony, uh, in a, our quarterly uh, on on this uh, at the end of end of our lesson, it's got an inside story every every week. And this time, the inside story is uh, titled "The Three Books, One Answer," and uh, John Bradshaw wrote it. And John Bradshaw is pretty dear to. Bonnie and I's heart, uh, we just happened to stumble on uh, 3ABN, and at that time, John Bradshaw was giving a 22-message uh, sermons, on uh, mostly on res- res- Revelation. And uh, we were not Seventh-day at that time, you know, so we were very interested in Revelation, and didn't understand it, and uh, uh, through these studies, we grew to understand that some of the teachings we'd been taught weren't weren't true. And uh, I guess we all have a story, and John Bradshaw's story is is pretty amazing too. He was quite a character in his younger days, and and uh, the three books, one answer was he given three books. And it took the third book before he ever even read it. The other two were the same books. Great controversy. And uh, he read it and became a Seventh-day Adventist. And uh, so that, and, uh, but he, of course, he's got, he's a character. He's got all kinds of stories. But anyway, he helped us uh, to grow. Uh, he's a great spiritual man. But we bought, we bought that uh, uh, 22, uh, sermons that he preached we bought the series and uh, I watched him probably at least three times each and took notes on each one because there was so much material in a sermon that you know I couldn't just watch it one time and digest all of it and so uh, but uh, that that really propelled us into the seventh day church and uh, I'm going to always uh Think of him as a mentor to me. Even and one time I got to meet him down at Keene. I don't. I can't remember why we were down there, but he was there preaching. I believe Brother Bernard was there that day too, and he preached. And uh, he'd been been pretty sick uh, before that, and uh, he uh, he was at the door. And went we went through, and uh, I shook his hand, and I thought he was going to break my hand. He was so strong. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe he'd been sick and he had that much strength in his arm. And uh, but he had been a uh, rugby player in his younger days, so he was you know pretty athletic. But anyway, we hope we can all meet or somebody someday. You know we don't know who's watching us or who, who's who's paying attention to what we do. So we always want to be in focus and st- uh, stay in tune with the Lord because. We don't want to lead anybody astray, do we? Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we do thank you for this day and thank you for this time of this message, Lord. And I just pray that each one of us will 
understand, Lord, that we don't have to worry that uh, we can always come to You with every, every little concern, Lord, and help us to, uh, to grow in Your Word and do the things that You want us to do. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, title of the sermon is, Why Worry When You Can Pray? Uh, many Christians are crippled by worry. Fear projects a worst-case scenario on the screens of our minds. These two enemies of faith, worry and fear, rob us of our joy in the Christian life. Fear and worry can eat the heart out of our joy. When we look back on most of the things we worry about, we find that most of them didn't happen, and the ones that did weren't as bad as we thought they were going to be. Uh, We live in a fallen world, and worry is a part of life. We have concerns about our health, our children's finances, state of our government, and what the future holds for us and our children. definition of worry so what are we talking about here worry to feel uneasy or anxious fret torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts that's worry fear a distressing emotion around by an impending pain danger evil or by the illusion of such so fear fear and worry and uh, here's here's one that a uh, worry wart. Have any of y'all ever heard of that term before? Worry wart. It's in the dictionary. It's a word. Uh, a person who tends to worry habitually and often needlessly. And uh, I want to have a confession. I God gave me this sermon for me. I I I needed this this message. Uh, I get too caught up in things, and uh, uh, I'm I'm pretty much that worry wart. And God tells me tells me I need to work on that. You know, it's a it's like a, I I start worrying if I don't have anything to worry about. What what did I miss? There's got to be something out there to worry about. You know, uh, need to learn to hand it over to God, don't we? Focus on Jesus. Don't worry. Uh, word becomes a negative force in our lives when we become consumed by them. Let's look at how we can shift our focus to God's love, care, and presence in our lives. Uh, Matthew fourteen twenty-two through thirty-two. The Scripture says, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to others to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when the evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is, it is I. Do not be afraid. So 
we have the disciples that, and this this is one of the on another occasion they were in the ocean or in the uh, the uh, waters and they were turmoil and everything and they thought they were going to drown. And Jesus was with them that time, wasn't he? And he was asleep and and uh, uh, I don't know how he could sleep through something like that. But anyway, he was asleep and they woke him up and said, are you not concerned? You know, we're fixing to drown. These these, uh, waves are so big and the water's coming in. And again, he told them, said, do not fear, you know, that uh, I'm in control. And he he calmed the waters, you know, and the disciples were amazed that even the, the... the weather, the sea, the storm obeyed the voice of Jesus, so it gave him great authority. And here again, we see that, and I don't know if, if God is just or Jesus is just testing the disciples with another storm. Only this time, there's a ghost in the storm. Uh, and if you know, if you can put yourself in the place of the disciples, you're out on this water. It's rough, and it, you know uh, they didn't have life jackets back in those days. And, and uh, you know, when you don't have control of things that are happening, it's pretty easy to get scared. It's pretty easy to have fear, you know. And uh, to add to it, when you see a a form walking toward you, and uh, they they call it a ghost, you know. Uh, that would really add to the fear, you know, that what is going on here. And uh, so, uh, so he said, uh, so he said, uh, and Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come you to you on the water. So Jesus had told Peter, said, don't be afraid, I'm in control. And Peter said, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So, we're looking at Peter. Peter had enough faith to ask Jesus, if it's you, command me to, to walk to you. So he he got out of the boat. He was walking on water, wasn't he? But then what did he do? He took his eyes off of Jesus. And then he began to sink. So I think this is a very good lesson for all of us. When we're going through trials or tribulations, focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, uh, he's going to He's going to sustain you through your troubles. You know He's He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's promised us He's going to take care of us. But we have to keep focused on Him. And Satan loves to distract us to the left or the right. Talk about those ditches you you were in talking about this morning so focus on Jesus and he'll carry you through the situations uh, 
So the real issue of fear is focus. Fear torment, torments us when we consider all the bad things that can happen. Disciples were in fear of a storm at the sea and, and had to deal with the ghost also. Fear can, can really accelerate when we feel we have no control of the fear at hand. Uh, you, you know, we, we may have all been in a situation where we felt we had no control. Uh, I don't know if you've ever hydroplaned in a car or pickup or something. That is a feeling of helplessness now. You know, hit the brakes, turn the wheel, and it just keeps on going. You know, and uh, that's a pretty good chance to have some fear there. You, in fear, to me, it really accelerates when you feel like you have no control. But God is still there. God is still there, and He's He saw me through a few deals like that. You know, that uh, it turned out okay. You know, I'm still here, and uh, so always remember, focus on Jesus. He's still in control. Uh, he said, be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. I have everything under control. So focus on Jesus. Uh, can we control every thought that flashed, flashes through our minds? I can't. I, I don't know if y'all can or not, but you know we, we're going to have these thoughts that come through our, through our minds. Uh, many of them are negative, depending on what situation we're in or, or what's going on. We may have some negative thoughts and... Uh, most of the time, those come from Satan, so we need to get rid of them. Don't dwell on negative thoughts. Focus on Jesus. Uh, what does negative thoughts do? If, if you dwell on them, they grow, they fester, they, they can take the joy out of your life. And as we were talking about a while ago, many of these things that we worry about never happen, never never even come close to happening, so we, we waste our joy and our time worrying about something that isn't even going to happen. So uh, let's look at Matthew uh, 6.25 through 32. Matthew 6.25 through 32. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is, it, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, and you not more valuable than they. Which of you by worrying could add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grasses of the field which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Isn't it comforting to know that God loves us enough? He, he's going he's to take care of us. 
when we look as the verses are talking about, we go out in nature and we see the beautiful uh, plants and scenery that God has created uh, for us to enjoy. But then as time goes by, in the wintertime, most of that dies. Uh, and uh, even it says some of it will be thrown into the fire, these beautiful things. But He loves us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to... Uh, sustain us through whatever. You know, he's telling us not to worry about food or the clothes we wear. Or, you know, the clothes we wear today, next year will be out of fashion so you have to change them anyway, you know. Us old people don't do that, but the young people do, don't they? <laughs> we wear the ones we've got. But uh, uh, God's going to take care of us. Uh just have to have faith, don't we? Uh, Matthew six thirty three thirty four 34 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Significant is the day of its own trouble. Uh, God's telling us, concentrate on today. Take care today. Uh, Tomorrow will have its own worries, you know. So don't get your mind cluttered with worrying about things that are going to happen, may happen. Concentrate on today. Satan loves to steal our joy, you know, and, and we don't want to let him do that. Concentrate on Jesus and uh, uh, priorities. Uh, focus your mind on Jesus. He loves and cares for you. He will provide life's basic needs. Uh, deal this, with the situations of today. Tomorrow's trouble will come, but He is fully capable of handling them. Deal with the challenges you face today, and you'll be equipped to handle whatever tomorrow brings. So it's a growth process. Uh, Deal with the things today, and uh, tomorrow you'll be ready to deal with those things, whatever they might be. Uh, God's given us many verses in the Bible to to give us uh, comfort and let us know that He is with us. One is uh, Philippians 4, 6, 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgivings, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What what very good scripture. And then uh, also in Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So uh, remember that most all negative thoughts come from from Satan. He he loves to take our joy away. It's render us ineffective uh, in the kingdom of God.
phobias, irrational fears. Uh, it's uh, it's out there and it affects many people. I looked up phobias on the internet. There's a list longer than my arm of phobias. Everything from A to Z. Anything you can imagine. Some people are crippled by that phobia, by that fear. And uh, they're rendered basically useless in the kingdom of God. And and, uh, maybe to themselves also. You know, and there's... We can probably, I don't know if it was in there, I didn't really look, but probably got uh, uh, what was the virus? I can't even think of it now. The 19? <laughs> COVID. COVID, yeah, the COVID virus. I imagine that's a phobia. They got a name for that cobia probably also because there's still people that stay in their apartments, stay in their house because they're afraid to come out. So, uh, uh a phobia, uh, excessive, extreme, irrational fear or panic reaction about a situation, a living creature, a place, or an object. Like I said, uh, a phobia can can be just about anything you can imagine. Somebody is is afraid of whatever it is. Uh, it can be caused by a traumatic experience, substance abuse are being raised by adults with phobias or anxieties. Uh, and there's uh, phobias that I've, I, I wouldn't even uh, thought about. Uh, papophobia, fear of the Pope. Uh, uranophobia, fear of heaven. You know, I... I would think everybody would want to go to heaven, but evidently there's a fear of that. Uh, Eliskia phobia, fear of church. So, like I said, you can go down through the list, and there's fears of just about everything. And uh, again, we need to focus on Jesus. Uh, and maybe some of these people that have those fears, maybe they need Christian counseling. You know, maybe they may need help uh, understanding their fear and working through it. Because to them, if they have it, it's real. I mean, it it affects their lives, and it's it's real. And uh, uh, you know, we don't want to make light of it, but we understand that it doesn't have to be that way. Focus on Jesus. He can cure anything, can he? Amen. Uh, terrible beyond comprehension. This this is going to kind of look at the events of the last days from Ellen White's point of view. The season of distress and anguish before us will require faith that can endure weariness, delay, and hunger. A faith that will not faint, though severely tried. 
The, tri- the time of trouble, such as never was, is soon to be upon us, and we shall need an experience which we do not possess, and many which may be too indulgent to obtain. It is often the case that trouble is greater in anticipation than in reality, but this is not true of this crisis before us. The most vivid presentation cannot reach the magnitude of the ordeal. And that's from the great controversy. When Jesus leaves the most holy, His restraining spirit is withdrawn from rulers and people. They are left to control the evil angels. Their such laws will be made by the counsel and direction of Satan that unless time shall be very short, no flesh shall be saved. From the testimonies of the church. We, when we look outside the walls of the church, I think we can already see these things happening. Uh, it's like God is already withdrawing uh, His protection over the people and over the earth. That things are not going well out there. Uh, she writes it is not always safe to ask for unconditional healing he knows whether or not those from whom petitions are offered would be able to endure the trial and test that would come upon them if they lived he knows the end from the beginning Many will be laid away to sleep before the fiery ordeal of the time of trouble shall come upon the world. That's from the councils of health. Uh, I know probably all of y'all been in the same place I've been. That some situations, maybe somebody's ill, or you just you just don't know what to pray. You know. Uh, their bodies are in such bad shape. You know, God may heal and may not, but you don't know what to pray. You know, God, and instinctively we we always want to pray, God heal him. You know, God heal this person. But Ellen White is actually telling us, you know, hey, God is God. He knows what's best. So maybe we just need to pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. That should give us comfort, shouldn't it? You know, that whatever happens, uh, God is in control and in His will. And if if we look way back when when David was... Uh, his son was born and he was ill and David was praying and praying and praying that God would save his son. But then God allowed his son to die. He was okay with that. He said, okay, you know, that's your will, God. And he went about his business. It's not like he grieved and grieved and grieved. You know, it's, it's your will. You know, and I know it was a sad time for him, but, uh, uh, you know, he was a man after God's own heart, but he accepted God's decision to take the son. So, uh, okay. Uh, Ellen White writes also that the Lord has often instructed me that little ones are to be laid away before the time of trouble. 
We shall see our children again. We shall meet them and know know them in the heavenly courts. Events will be so horrific that children will not be able to digest the situation. God in His mercy will give them peace and rest until the second coming. And uh, so, in a way it's hard, but in a way it gives me comfort because we have children, we have grandchildren. We know things are going to be so horrific that uh, in a way it will be comfort that they, they might not have to go through some of these things that... Uh, They'll be at rest. So, and uh, and that comes from uh, Ellen White's uh, Councils on Health. Uh, also, says God will provide. The Lord has shown me repeatedly that it's contrary to the Bible to make any provision for our temporal wants in a time of trouble. I saw that if the saints had food laid up for them in a field of time of trouble, when sword, famine, and pestilence are in the land, it will be taken from them by violent hands, and strangers would reap the fields. So he's telling us, you know, don't don't worry. We we know all these things are coming. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. He's going to be with us, you know. And uh, we're going to, we're going to, and as she was saying before, we, you know, pray and be grow strength because uh, uh, it. We know it's coming, you know. It's it, it, and so I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime, but I think it will, you know. Uh, so. Uh, Said so then will be the time. For us to trust a holy in God, and we, He will sustain us. I saw our bread and water, and at that time we shall not lack or suffer hunger. For God is able to spread a table for the wilderness. If necessary, will send ravens to us as He did to feed Elijah, or rain manna from heaven as He did the Israelites. Uh, early writings fell in white. And, so the scriptures tell us he's going to take care of us and Ellen White the prophet she told us the same thing and I know uh, a lot of members of the church have been through a, a, a time when they didn't have electricity storms come through and took the electricity away well that electricity is a big part of our lives isn't it so we can we can look at that and and uh, God sustained you, didn't he? He 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 gave you different ways of different things of dealing with it, and so you didn't have you didn't have to fear of of uh, you know being without because he he helped you through that, and that's only a small taste of what's fixing to come. That's I mean, when we can't buy or sell, uh, we're going to have to depend on God. So, don't fear, don't uh, don't worry. He's going to take care of us. So, uh, so finally, when the mark of the beast, we, we can't buy or sell. The state of the world is directed at the seventh-day worshipers. We live in a fallen, sinful world. 
So keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus through all the things that uh, you hear on the news or, or we're experiencing in our daily lives as we see the things that that uh, the world is throwing at our children and our schools. Uh, it's it's pretty, pretty scary out there. Uh, let's look at Matthew 10, 26 and 28. Matthew 10. Matthew 10, 26 through 28, it says, Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. Wherever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him fear him is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. So scriptures uh give us comfort, you know, that, that God is with us. Uh no matter what we're going to face. So, Lord, we do thank You this day for Your Word, Lord, and for all the promises You have given us that uh, we don't have to worry, we don't have to fear, Lord. Keep us safe in uh, all things, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen.